Hey, everybody, it's Dan here. I'm the sales side of the Sales and Enablement podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Crystal, what are you doing here? I ask myself that almost on a daily basis, but I am the enablement side of our little duo. And I'm, I like to say it's the better half, but I'm sure that's debatable. But, but we have a pretty amazing guest on today. I have known her for a while. We're in a couple of groups together, but I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to everybody out there. My name is Allison Sword. I'm a senior leader in enablement. I'm currently working in a company called Flexera. We are a technology company. We have a pretty complicated sale where we help people understand what's in their IT environment. So if you think of all of those really great tools that you're enabling on, there's so much that goes into them, licensing, audit, all that good stuff. So our company helps people understand what's in there and also what to do with it on the IT side. I also help run a group called Why. Um, it's Women in Sales Enablement. We are a global group. So we have, oh, right now we have 25 different regions across eight different countries. So pretty large. It, it's a really cool experience for me. That's actually where I got to know Crystal. Yeah, great. Uh, reach out to me if you guys want to join. Happy to have you. Awesome. That sounds I like fun. I am a member. I and I do lead the Phoenix chapter. And yeah, it's such a great place for women to come together, especially in enablement. I've learned a ton. We've had some really great workshops and monthly meetups or not meetups, but Zoom meetups. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but but anyhow, Allison, there was one there I did see you actually post about this. And I wanted to talk with you about it. Being that you are a big part of WISE, right? And you've really helped to shape group and you've been in enablement for a while and I have as well and I've seen so many different changes through through enablement but I'm just curious like how what changes have you seen with enablement and where what direction do you see it headed that's such a good question I oh my gosh there's so many different areas that I could go with this answer I feel like over 10 years ago, when I started doing enablement and actually funny story I didn't know it was called enablement. I was a sales manager leading a team and my company was asking me to do things for processes and communications between different departments. And it's just because I'm very organized. Um, so I, I started doing all of these things and I absolutely fell in love with it and I loved it. I feel like back then it was really working with the processes, working with communications between different teams. Last year, 10 years, it's so much more. It is. Yeah, you still have the the piece of the processes, which is so important, but you also have all of the measurement. I feel like the measurement has really came alive over the past 10 years where all the programs that we're putting out there, we have those direct success measures. We understand what our goals are. We understand what those micro goals are and micro KPIs are to get. So I, I feel like it's become a lot more where we still have that focus on content. We still have that focus on everything that we did before, but it's just more. And I, I don't know, you guys know what I mean? It's it's not really different, but it, it's really honed in where I think companies understand that it is so important. It is its own role. It's not just something that, you know, you're doing to be successful for a project. It's something that you're doing ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's gone. I think one of the number one thing I've seen with enablement is you're right. The elements of it have definitely evolved. But what enablement has truly become is this sort of ad hoc function 
into now becoming a true strategic proactive function. Absolutely. So yeah, it's the, that's one of the biggest things. Um, now I did see you on LinkedIn, you just talking about the kind of the future of enablement, right? And where it is and where it's going. You posted a really great survey. I think it was on compensation, career pathing at DE&I. Yeah, I know you did it in conjunction with, was it SE Pro? Yeah, it's sales enablement pro that we work with. And that's, that's excellent. How, how did that come about? And what were some key takeaways from that survey? Yeah, I, that's a good question. So I think we did a lot of networking with other groups. One of the things that we were seeing when we're talking with the, pe the people about what we're looking for that, that feature of enablement, some of the things that we're seeing tend to be some overlying trends of being focused on more of that virtual selling. Um, I think times are so different. We have to be doing things that are a little different than in the past, even like the past three years ago. Some of those conversations really evolved us to what does the future of enablement look like? And what we're really seeing is content is going to play a big part. So more of that customized content, but also those technologies are going to play a huge part. And that brought up a lot of questions for us of what does the future of an enablement career look like. And what we saw in the past is we had a lot of people coming from all different roles, started talking, really got to the salary side of things because you have people coming from all of these different roles, all of these different backgrounds. And it's enablement is a fairly new thing. There is yeah. not a lot of information out there that existed around enablement salaries. And when we started to look at everything, we knew that the future of the role is very important, but also what does that look like compensation-wise? So we were having a conversation with SE Pro and one thing came to another and they had this great idea. Their team is excellent, by the way. They have Brooke and Olivia help lead the charge with us. And they suggested, what if we work together and we put out the surf and we really help people understand what's going on in the enablement world and what people should look at for their salaries. And some of the information that we found was really insightful. Um, we found that there is a huge discrepancy between roles. We had one really good story, actually. So we did a, we did a workshop a few weeks ago, and it was on compensation, career pathing, and also DEI. And we shared all of this great information from our survey. And you can actually, you can download the 17-page survey. I think we're going to share a link that's going to be yeah, it. Definitely, we'll share that link with everybody. Go there, download it. You can read our, our full reports. But one of the things that we found that was really interesting was this huge, we were able to talk with some industry leaders on what they were seeing in their current interview patterns and what they were seeing with their negotiations. And We've got some really great feedback coming back from us. People who were being paid more at that lower end, who were able to take this report and go in to companies that they were interviewing with or their own companies and be able to negotiate up. I think one story that I heard from somebody is they were in negotiation and they were able to send over that information and say, you know what, like, I'm currently, yeah, I'm being paid this, but this is where my role should be. And they were able to negotiate a 40% bump. Wow, that's a good. Wow. That's insane. That's awesome. Behind 
behind something that will help with negotiation. I know that I've always struggled with it in terms of enablement, because I think from my experience, it's like the more a company gets it, right, the more that they get enablement and understand the power behind it. And we're really starting to see from what I've seen is a shift in, okay, you're definitely a more experienced enabler. You could build this enablement function from the ground up, right? And that's what we need. And then, but then you have your enablers who they may have the title more with specialist or, and sometimes the titles don't even reflect, right? Because they're all over the place, right? And there's not a lot of clarity. When you were talking, one, I remember reading your post on LinkedIn and one thing that really stuck out to me was the mentorship. And that 80, I think it was like 84% of people really loved serving as a mentor. I know that's something that is, that's huge for me. I try to do it and I have mentors myself. Just how do you think that played a part in then how has mentorship, have you taken advantage of it? How has it helped you to grow or have you mentored someone else? Yeah, I love mentoring both on the mentee and the mentor side. And I feel like the enablement community is one of the nicest communities in the world. People are just so helpful and want to help each other with all we do. So I feel like the mentor-mentee part of it just comes very natural. Crystal, I'm sure you have a lot of people that are reaching out to you on a daily basis, trying to ask questions about enablement or how do you do it or what have you done in the past? I think the same with me. And I love having those connections. I actually, I try to have a few of them each week where I'm just doing some intro calls, getting to know people. And what I find from it is just going in with a learning mindset. Every single call I have and every single person I meet with, I learn something. Yeah. yeah just such a, it's a cool knit community. It's like when we do our group calls together, I feel like the people who are part of our groups are pretty, pretty senior, but some of the things that I'm finding is we all have problems that are unique, but then we all have problems that are the same. And having the, those different people on the lines, so you have these different opinions and we can just really work together to see one, that we're not alone. I, yeah. I think a lot of enablement positions, I'm lucky I have a team of, there's five to six of us right now. So we do have a lot of support, but there's a lot of teams out there that are teams of one. And probably hard for them to even understand like what pitfalls are going to go through. So having those communities and those mentor responsibilities, it's been so valuable for me as a professional, but I think other people really feel the same. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Dan, I, this got me thinking, right? Like enablement is definitely a very tight knit community. Most enablers, the ones who have been at it for a while, definitely know who who we are, who each other is. And we've communicated at some point in whether it's at a conference or whether it's been a one-on-one and we're getting these new enablers in all the time. I just talked to two yesterday and just sharing resources. That's a big one. Things that I've created in the past, like templates or whatever, I'm more than happy to share that kind of stuff. But Dan, from your perspective, as, as a sales rep and even as a mentor, how much satisfaction would that give you being like a mentor or having a mentor? If you worked for a new company, right? And, or any company and your boss was like, Hey, I've got a mentor for you. This is somebody that you can go to or vice versa. You were the mentor. Do you feel like that would increase your job satisfaction as a sales rep? Is that important to you? First of all, thank you both for including me in the conversation. 
I was wondering maybe if I was on mute or if my Zoom wasn't working here. So I'm th thank you. Because I want to say two things and to go back to a, something that we spoke about a little bit earlier, which is data. Okay. Data depending on where you come from. Um, I think first of all, it was so interesting, Allison, how you brought up the importance of bringing data really from outside the box, okay, to be able to have people leverage that to their benefit. And I think everything that I thought it was really interesting because everything we're doing now in SaaS sales and SaaS and business is around data. And I just want to say that it, it was like, it was really interesting to, and amazing that you're actually able to create something from nothing that has an impact on the business and the industry as a whole. And I actually am even going to tie that data into the mentorship uh, conversation, because these are two things that you must have to succeed. You must have data to succeed. And mentorship for me is all about experience. Okay. It's all about having experience that somebody else does it and helping them take faster path to get to the results that they need to go get to. Uh, I don't think, and it's without those two things, you're lost. And with those two things, you are on a path to success. Mentorship and experience, it's everything. And we see it in that and high growth companies where and I've been a part of them in my market for the last eight years where there is the, the experience of getting layered as a company grows and then some, they bring in somebody from the outside and you're like, Hey, wh why are they bringing them? And that's not fair. I've been here from the beginning and I'm ready to take the next step. Why wouldn't they take a chance on me? And then you understand that in order to take those leaps professionally as a company or personally, you need to have the experience because without it, you don't know what you don't know. And having right. been there is so important. So if you don't have a mentor, get one. And if you're in the position to mentor, do it. And also understand that it's all also about perspective. Like you don't need to be an industry vet veteran to have with exactly. 10 years of experience to help somebody out. Absolutely. Yeah. I was talking with somebody the other day and they were talking about a, like a hybrid mentor-mentee model. Um, Chris, I don't, were you on that call? It was a, it was an industry like, call. I wasn't, no. Yeah. It was pretty cool where you go in just being equals. So there's no mentor. There's no mentee. It's you are just learning from each other. And I think that's one of the things I was like, that's pretty cool. And I think, Dan, that's what you're saying is get out there and get that experience on all levels. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It also takes experience to understand that, right? That you need that, like, that without, there's all, there's going to be a gap, a knowledge gap. There's always going to be a knowledge gap and either you can get there the long way or the short way. And it's a lot better to do it the short way, Yeah, which is to have somebody who's done it help you out. Having Dan on these calls too, Allison, because his perspective is, it is different from mine. Even though we enable sales reps, it's like their perspective is, is pretty unique. So I love that because I think a lot of enablers are still relatively in their kind of earlier stages of enablement and they may feel like they don't have anything to contribute. But it's like, no, you have things to contribute. If, if you lived a day in this role, you have something to contribute. So I, yeah. yeah I, one, one thing that Dan made me think of, going back to the survey, we talk about not only mentorship, but the roles that people come from. And I think traditionally we saw people coming from a sales role. Like I did, I came from a sales role and a sales yeah. manager training background. But now we're seeing people who are starting right in enablement or they're coming from different areas. I think one of the things that 
looking at Dan's background with sales that we forget is having those mentor-mentee relationships with the seller. So I think one thing that I can probably do is reach out to a seller as a mentor. Help me understand what's currently going on because I haven't folded a lot. So yeah. fast sales is rapidly changing. I can come at it with my enablement head, but yeah. I think, by the way, this is a really great conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction that in the next four to six years, like the role of the sales manager and the, or sorry, the sales manager, enabler, seller dynamic is going to be unrecognizable in four to six years. And I feel that it's happening, it's starting to happen now. The way that I'm seeing enablement bubble to the surface, you having more experience there. And all of a sudden the focus of the sales manager is not this, I don't even know what it is anymore, to be honest, but because to me, that sales manager always should have been the coach and the trainer and the person and helping you get better. Yeah. So I think that for whatever reason, and obviously it's like, the reason is that sales is ultimately a numbers game and a sales manager's job is to bring the numbers and the pressure to do so has for whatever reason, taken the focus off the, yeah. the obvious way to make sellers better, which is training. And coaching, maybe it's, maybe they're taking a more macro approach and focusing on the deal. I don't really know, but I really think it'll be interesting to see how this continues to evolve with enablers getting closer to sellers, as you just mentioned. And I know from our perspective as a seller, I know where the value is coming from for with people talking to me from the company. And it's not coming from the sales manager doing a pipeline review. No, I'm not talking about my manager now. It's, that's a completely different situation, Russ. But I'm talking about in general, I can see it happening and I'm excited to, to see where, where, what, where this goes. Dan, you have me thinking now. It's, we have a lot of people who are doing these mastermind groups where it's like a bunch of, in my case, enablers who are getting together and talking. I feel if you could build out these cohorts of people, your sales teams are on the front line, your managers, your enablement people, your operation. I feel like we could get some really good communication going. And the network yes. and find out what's going on in other companies. I'm in. There you go, Dan. <laughs> I, if it was an by the way, if it was an invitation, I don't even know. If, if there, there will definitely be an invitation, and I, I okay, will send a message. By the way, I don't know. There was some sad news. This, did you guys see Irene Cara passed away? Rest in peace, Irene Cara from Fame. Remember what? that song, I Fame? Did. Yes. How sad I was that? Like I know. I, I don't I usually go with these this direction, this podcast, but my sister went to the School of the Arts in Toronto growing up. So that was like, I'm dating myself here, but that was also around the time fame was coming on. Did you ever watch fame, Allison? Do you watch that TV show? I, know, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I do remember reading in the news. They also did Flashdance. Is that? Yes, she did Flashdance. Okay. Yeah. So... It was, I was sad. That was, uh, we had, I remember my parents had the, had, had that record that we used to listen to it and we all used to dance around to fame. Do you remember that, Crystal? Do you remember uh, that, yes. that show? Uh, 100%. I, I'm pretty sure I had the leg warmers and like the leotard and like the headband. And uh, yeah, no, I'm very familiar. Very. So, other than going completely off topic with that, the other reason I bring it up is because I listened to the song Fame again. And I think like I have a series of songs that I listen to every day to get me like pumped up and ready to go. It's almost like it's the entrance into when I would put on my sales hat. And I'm now I've reintroduced, I've introduced fame by Irene Cara into the mix because it's a really, I'm getting a lot of motivation out of that track. So if anybody listens to this podcast and is looking for 
a new song to listen to. Maybe it'll be up your alley or not, but I would give Irene Cara a listen. I know, and she passed. It's I did see that the other day. I, I do the same thing, Dan. I have a different playlist of music that, you know, they, that kind of gets me going and ready to knock out the day. But I thought you were going to go to the U.S. over Aaron Lynn in the World Cup yesterday. One huh. to go, and I can't believe it because historically the U.S. has just sucked when it comes to the World Cup on that world stage. We don't even call it football. We call it soccer. So it's, I, that's where I thought you were going, but Irene Cara is much better than that. We can also talk about the football game tomorrow night. Allison's, what the heck's going on this podcast? But the Bills no are playing the page. Football. Yeah. yeah. Well, for our regular listeners, they know that I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. And as always, it's been a roller coaster of a season. We went from Super Bowl favorites to I'm not even sure if we're going to make the playoffs. And tomorrow we play Crystal's New England Patriots. On Thursday night football, so we're not going to talk about this. I'm going to take this one, pal. Sorry. We're going to have to finish the podcast. We're going to get back on track in just a moment. But Crystal will maybe even have to do another special episode just about football because I think it needs to be talked about. (laughs) It won't include you, Allison. So it's let's um, get back on track. Okay, 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 okay. We'll get back on track. I guess it was Um, my fault. It was this time. Usually it's Michael. Allison, I think, like we said, with the mentorship, love it. I think it's huge. And obviously 84% of people who took that survey felt that being part of a mentorship definitely increased job satisfaction. Now, as part of mentorship, I'm getting a lot of newbies coming in who are brand spanking new to enablement. I know the advice that I give, but what would you say is like the most important advice that you can offer to someone who's looking to either switch roles, right? If they're looking to make a transition from AE to enabler, maybe, or sales to enabler, or someone who is fresh out of college and they might have a little bit of a little bit of experience, but they really want to get into enablement. What are what are maybe top three things or whatever it is? Oh, man, there are so many great resources out there more than when I started. And candidly, I'll tell you a funny story. When somebody told me, oh, you're doing enablement, I was like, huh? I actually Googled what is enablement. Very embarrassing. Not a lot popped up, by the way. But now, if you were to go ahead and Google what is enablement, you are going to see so many great things pop up. And a lot of those great things are going to be enablement communities. So if you are new to the industry or you're just getting out of university or you're looking to switch roles to get into it, I would highly recommend look into those communities. And one of the things that I always recommend to people is join more than one. Because you're going to find that each one has a little bit of a different flavor and a different view. Um, I'm I'm a member of quite a few of them. And I feel like each one I go to, you have different members, but you also have people talking about different things. And so many great things. So a few of them just off the top of my head, WISE, definitely. That's the one that Crystal and I help run. And that is Women in Sales Enablement. And that is in, I mentioned it before, 25 different regions in eight countries and growing. Um, So there's something for everybody. We do a lot of virtual and in-person events. One thing that I like about WISE is sometimes people hear women in sales enablement and they think just women, not necessarily. So we do a lot of global events for allies as well. So Dan, you are more than welcome to join those. Um, So those are public, lots of great things. We also have Sales Enablement Society is another really good one. And they are also global. So they have 
quite a few chapters all around the world. They do a really good conference every year. So I highly recommend looking into that. I know they have more in-person now, but they did some virtual component and they do a lot of like in-person meetups. So definitely check that out. Another one is called the Enablement Squad. That is a really great one. They have a really great Slack channel. Candidly, needs to start getting better at using Slack, but I hear a really amazing thing. Are you the same way? I just was speaking to somebody about this yesterday, and I said I feel old because I don't understand how Slack works. And by the way, it was about going at it, getting involved in groups. But I know it's not just my company, but my channel's a mess. My Slack channel's a mess. It's a mess. There's just too much going on. I miss stuff. I read something that I'm supposed to remember, and after I read it, it disappears. And now they're asking me to go into more Slack groups. I can't do it. I can't. There's just too much going on. I feel, by the way, I need a course on how to, I think what's missing is how to use Slack properly. I'm with you. So we're a Microsoft shop. Yeah, I know Microsoft, right? I really, I get used to the tools. So it's like, for me, having to carve at that time to go into Slack, like I I know it, I use it, but it's like finding that time, that balance for me. I found I need to like actually plug it into my calendar, which is actually a goal of mine. For to be to use use Slack more heavily just to be involved because there's so many great conversations going on in these groups and all of these groups are happening on Slack. Yeah, we're definitely missing out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good one. That's called the Enablement Squad. I did a, they had a workshop here in Chicago a few months ago. And that was really cool to go to. If you have a chance to go to one of those, I highly recommend it. It was people of all different levels. And I feel like I walked away learning so much. Um, they haven't nice. been Phoenix yet. And I'm like, come on, come on, Phoenix. Yeah. Because I would, to go, I would love to go to one. And I like you, there's, I tried the enablement squad and I couldn't just, it was the whole Slack thing and trying to really weed through a lot of it and just having the time, like you said, exactly what you said, carve, carve that out. So Stephanie and Matt, if you're listening, come to Phoenix, please. But so beyond groups, Allison, is there anything else that you would recommend for people who are just getting started and they're like, hands up in the air? What do we do? There. So one thing that I'm seeing now, there are quite a few great certifications out there. So there's company Sales Enablement Pro. They have a certification that you can take on enablement, which I hear really great things about. And then there's other groups like Sales Assembly. They started here in Chicago. If you guys are familiar with them, they have really great training sessions that they've built out. Alex manages their enablement side. They've built out this whole enablement program where they have, I think, a certification. They have different trainings and then they offer both um, I think it's in-person still and then virtual options. So if you're just getting into it or if you're a member of Sales Assembly, I think that you can go and take that content as well. So I really recommend looking into those. And then the last thing that I would recommend is find a mentor. And one of the things that's great about our industry, everyone's super nice. So odds are if you reach out to somebody, they're going to say yes. They're going to talk to you. Because we understand that I always say you can put 10 enablement people in a room and they're going to have 10 different backgrounds. They're going to have 10 different focuses. They're all going to be extreme. So reach out to people and reach out to more than one person. So I find like I could talk with somebody and I'm like, okay, yeah, we do a little bit of similar thing, but we kind of have our different flavor of what enablement means. So just like when you're talking with companies, trying to find who's that match, if you're looking for a job. 
talk with different people because you may find like who you're unable to match. Yeah. I love it. Enablement match. We need to start a platform called Enablement. Oh my gosh. Like a, a dating site for enablement people. Where we... Dating slash mentor. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, Crystal, we talked about mentoring for wise. I know that's on our 2023. Maybe, maybe this could be our thing. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, good grief. That would be like a... Swipe left, swipe right for your enable match. Wait, is what, it but... Dave Lickman's company? Yeah, it's Dave's company name. So let's talk to him. We have a sponsor. What's his company? Called Enable. Enablement Match. It's, yeah, it's a, the only recruiting firm for enablement people. And I always recommend when companies, there's still a lot of companies out there that are hiring for enablement roles that don't understand what enablement is. Yeah, and we see them every day. And I always recommend to those people like, hey, you, you might want to reach out to Dave. Because <laughs> I, I, he is like my go-to. I'm like, oh, reach out to Dave. You want a job? Reach out to Dave. Uh, do you yep, want to yep. hire? Reach out to Dave because he is like the connector of all things. Like, yeah, yeah. I honestly, Allison, I'm sure we could go at this all day. It's just amazing insights out of this conversation. I think for seasoned enablers to think about in terms of mentoring and taking a look at that survey, and then the negotiation piece, I think, is super powerful. And then obviously new people to enable. There's so much to learn here, and I will make sure that we post every group and community that we talked about. I'll make sure to include the links in our postings. And then of course, the link to the survey. But yeah, so tell everybody where they can find you, how they can connect with you. What's the best way? You connect, not talk. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also available through our WISE website. So you can connect with me there. Um, if you're looking to download the report, so it is 17 pages of really good information. That is also on the WISE uh, community site. So go there, yeah. um, download it. You can download it directly from Sales Enablement Pro. It has some really good things that I'm hearing. Um, people are doing some fantastic things with it in the market. Dan, do you have anything else to add? This was a killer episode. That's what I have to add. There's a lot of notes that have been taken. We're going to have to review the tape here. We have some new ideas about all kinds of stuff. I have some new ideas that I haven't even talked about during this episode that we're going to talk about after. Very, very good episode. Thank you, Allison. This was great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Crystal, for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Don't you love the way Dan says about a boot? I love it, Dan. <laughs> I yeah. can tell Canadian. We, yeah, big time. Big time Canadian over here. We didn't advance in the World Cup, by the way. But by the way, we did score the first goal ever in the World Cup for Canada, which was a big milestone for us so this year we score a goal in four years we might win a game actually we'll probably tie a game four <laughs> years and the next in eight years we'll win a game too much sports talk crystal too much sports talk wrong pod you know, Alice, thank you for your time we appreciate it so much if you've made thank it this so far much. to all of our listeners thanks for getting to the end of the episode bye oh.